0: Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Amen. Good morning, everybody. How's everyone doing today? You guys are well? All right. You know that, uh, let me get all this stuff fixed here. Today we're going to start a new series that I think is very important because we're going to be talking about our identity. And this series is called I Am, all right? And it has to do with who God says that we are. So today, I think it might be one of the most important series that you hear this whole year from up here because we're never going to be able to function in God's full design for us until we don't understand who we are for Him and what He says about us. So I want you right there where you're at, if you could just close your eyes real quick, let's bow our heads and let's just come to God in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to really do a work in each of our lives today. Lord, we come before you this morning and we just uh, worship you, Lord. We exalt you. We declare that there's no God like you in all the heavens and the earth. And we thank you, my God, for the work that you're doing in each of our lives, Lord God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that the words that we're going to speak here now and that we start with this series, Lord, will be life. And my God, will bring the freedom, Lord, for which you have designed it, that we would be able to see ourselves through your eyes. And as we see ourselves through your eyes of love, We will walk in the complete freedom that you bought for us on the cross, Jesus. So be exalted today. Be glorified today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord this morning. Uh, Just a few things before I get into today's message. Number one, I want to thank all of you guys that were able to make it here on Thursday night. Uh, for Joanna's celebration service. It was so powerful what took place here. Uh, really, uh, when one of us goes to be with the Lord, is a moment of great celebration. It's a moment of great celebration because that's what our faith is all about. All right. If not, guys, last week we were celebrating Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, and I was telling you guys that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then nobody is going to rise from the dead. So let's close shop, let's go home, and none of this stuff is Needed, you know, but because he rose from the dead, then you and I have a hope that if we have our faith in him, we will rise together with him. All right, so death is not an end in itself. All right, it's just a continuation into this amazing life that God has prepared for all those that put their uh, uh, their trust in Christ. And this morning, uh, we have Manny here. Manny, we love you, man. I know that this is a journey that you've just started. And uh, I'm so grateful for the spiritual family because when I saw everybody here on Thursday, it was like, man, you, your wife were so loved by God and by people, you know, and in this journey, there's going to be people that are going to be walking next to you, you know, and church, I want to encourage you. All right. That you would be, you know, that in this season, if you know Manny, if you know his kids, that you would be a little bit extra, you know, and finding out how are they are doing and what ways you could serve them and what ways you could help, you know, because that's when the whole body comes together and shows the love of God in that in that way. So uh, I wanted to say that uh, before continuing. And now I'm going to jump into the series. I'm going to encourage you guys to take notes of what we're going to speak I really am because I know that some of the stuff that is going to be released here today and in the next few weeks is going to be a a great asset to you in your walk with God and your spiritual life. So whether you're at home or you're in this room. Take notes. You never know when you need to go back and review some of the stuff that we're speaking, and uh, it's important that, that you do that, all right? Uh, we're going to get into some very important themes in this series, because when we're talking about I Am, we're talking about our identity, We're talking about identity, all right? And I think that this is one of the issues right now that we're dealing with so strongly in this world, all right, when it has to do with identity. I want to let you know that until we don't understand our true identity in God as Christians, we're not going to be able to live the full life that God has for us. All right? We're going to live a life that is halfway, that is mediocre, that is bound still to some of the stuff that I'm bringing from from the past. All right? And if you're a parent and you're in this room, this series is going to be such a blessing to you. It's going to be a blessing to you parents that are here because we're going to teach you what the Word of God says about identity. And today there's a battle for your children's souls, for the, for the mind of your kids, for the heart of your kids. And let me tell you something. Everybody wants to define what identity is about all right? And that's such a big issue that I have right now with the public school system. And if you're a public school teacher, I have nothing against you. You got to work. You need to provide for your family. And I know that the way that you started, you know, to, 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 to be a teacher is because you love education and you love kids, but it's gotten so distorted. You know, when I was a young kid, the problem with public schools was like, there were gangs, and you might get beat up. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, hey, be careful. Some schools are not that good and stuff like that. Today, the problem with public schools is that the education that they're giving to our children about our about their identity is completely out of whack. Completely. And they're trying to, the education that they're trying to tell them All right, with this whole thing that you could choose whoever you want to be, and the pronouns, and the he, and the she, and the it, and the they, and all this. Let me tell you, none of that stuff is from God. And if you're sending your children, let me tell you something. This is how how, how, you might be giving them the best education at home, bringing them to church, giving them the Word of God, but then you're sending them eight hours every day for that system to educate them. I don't know if you thought about that. So you're sending them... Okay, for the system of this world to educate your kids. And then they come here to church for an hour and 15 minutes. They sit around the table, maybe for about an hour. If you guys sit with them, you know, every day, let's say that's five hours that you could pour into their lives. And the rest of the time, what? And their friends and everybody's just telling them. So be careful how you choose the education of your kids. If you could go to Disney World two times a year, you could save and pay for private school. I've never been so adamant about this, but it's never been so blunt what's going on with our children right now. And I'm not even promoting our school. We have a school here all the way to 8th grade. I'm not even talking about our school. Just pick right where you're going to educate your kids and what they're giving your kids right now. There's a little bit of silence here today, but anyways... And the doctors say, you know, you talk to doctors and they say that your gender really doesn't make you who you are. Oh, no. You know, and then, you know, the psychologists say, let the kids choose who they want to be so that their feelings don't get hurt. And we have all this stuff that is going on right now that is going completely against the identity that God has for each of us and for our children. Talk about identity theft. We're going to talk about that. Because identity theft is not that they steal your credit card or your social security number and you stay without money. No. Identity theft is that you don't know who you are, and until you don't know who you are, you can't walk in the purposes and the plan that God has for your life. Completely broken system. Because the enemy is the one that is in control of it. So they got God out of the schools in the 60s. All right, but now they want to put God into the prisons. Why don't you put God into the schools so that the kids don't need to end up in the prisons? You know, it's broken. It's a broken system. All right, so in this series, we're going to deal with some of the wounds that we have in our soul. You might be here today and you think that you're fine, but there's certain things that don't function correctly in you, and and you feel that there's certain brokenness, that there's certain heaviness, and you don't know where it comes from. When we deal with this whole identity stuff, maybe it comes from there. Because you're not seeing yourself the way that God sees you. And God wants you to see yourself through His eyes. And there's one wound in particular that we're going to touch in this series, all right? And that wound is called the father wound. Say with me, the father wound. Okay, the father wound. That's a wound that a lot of us don't want to deal with because sometimes we don't even know that we have it. All right. But the father wound is in our hearts and is in our soul because our earthly fathers weren't involved in our lives the way that they needed to be involved. And you might think that that doesn't hinder your walk, but that hinders your walk so much because you're never going to be able to see God as a father and for who he is because of that father wound that you have in here. So we're going to get into all that stuff. Actually, I want to say something. It's the fathers, all right? And no, you know, I don't want to, there's no disrespect to the ladies that are here. I love the ladies. I love the women that are here. I love the function that my wife does, but she'll come up here and she'll tell you, That there's a place that God has given me as the man, as the father in the house, that she can even take that place. When I speak into the life of my kids, it's very different than when she speaks into the life of our kids. Because there's an authority that God has invested in the father. Because the father is supposed to be the representative of God the father in the home. The fathers are the ones that give the identity to the children. The fathers are the ones that speak security to the children. And it's the earthly father, those earthly father, that need to have that role. And since the earthly father, a lot of times, have not been home, they have left, they have abandoned their house. You know what? Then you have all these people growing up with this wound, with this need, with this need for validation, You see, a young boy will always need a father to validate him, to tell him that he's a man, that he's good enough, that he can make it. If that father's never there, then he's going to always grow up with that question in his heart. And a lot of times that young boy is going to take that question to a girl to try to find a validation and having a relationship with a girl. No woman can validate that. Only a father can. And the young ladies... The young ladies will grow up with that wound in their heart and try to go to different guys to see if they can validate that because the father never gave it to her. That's how important this is. It's so important that when Jesus started his earthly ministry, before he even, listen what I'm going to say, before he even preached his first sermon, before he even did his first miracle, before he did anything Okay, we come to this baptism experience that Jesus had. And when Jesus is getting baptized, Matthew 3, verse 16 and 17 says the following. I want you guys to pay attention. And it says, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Before Jesus did anything, there was this voice of affirmation from the heavenly Father over the Son. And that voice of affirmation was speaking a blessing. First, he said, you are my son. You know what that means? You belong. You belong. There's a place for you whom I love. That's affirmation and unconditional love and whom I'm well pleased. That speaks about value and significance. And this generation has a hole in its heart. Why does it have a hole in its heart? Because it's never, ever heard those words from the father. You are my son, whom I love, and I'm well pleased with you. Had he done any miracle? No, but the father was already pleased. Why? Because he was a son, and he loved them. And you need to hear that. And if you never heard it from an earthly father, don't worry. There's a heavenly father that speaks and wants to speak that into your heart. Actually today I'm being his mouthpiece trying to let you know how much he loves you. So Jesus is baptized, a dove comes from heaven. I just had a just a story came to my mind it has nothing to do with this, but I'm in the Jordan River in one of my trips to Israel and I told Pastor Max, Pastor Max, can you help me baptize some of the people? We had a long line of people that we had to get baptized. So Pastor Max jumps in the water with me. That water was like about 30-something degrees. It was freezing. You felt like it was needles that was going through your legs. And so we baptize everybody. We baptize everybody. Baptized. And then Pastor Max at the end goes, PC, can you baptize me? I'm like, sure, I'll baptize you, man. And all of a sudden, you see this black duck just swimming through the back. And I go, Max, look at that duck that just passed by. Jesus saw a white dove, and you see a black duck. You got a daffy duck swimming behind you, man, as you're getting baptized. <laughs> oh, I just had to say that, man, because I thought it was a little tense in here, you know? you got to laugh sometimes in church, all right? The same way, all right, the same way that the voice of the Father spoke over Jesus in the baptism scene, Okay, he wants to speak over you this morning. All right, so this series is called I Am. And today's message, I am who God says I am. I am who God says I am. Who am I? Whoever he says that I am. That's who I am. All right, and today I want you to know four truths. And the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you. Free, that's what the Bible says, all right? Part of our vision here at NUMA is to be free. In order to be free, you need to know the truth. Today, I want you guys to know four truths that God says about you that will bring true freedom if you let that sink into your heart, all right? So number one, who does God say that you are, okay? First truth, write this down, I am loved, Write that down. I am loved. we got to start by there. Because the Bible says that God is love. You are created to be loved. Okay, You were not created to be hated, to be broken, to go through all these different things that we've gone through in this life. I'm actually going to take a moment, and I want to speak about the ladies' conference that you guys are going to have this year. Because this year you're going to have an amazing speaker in this place called Maria Dorso. And Maria D'Urso, she shared her testimony a little bit, you know, through the screen last year in the women's conference because she couldn't come. But she has a testimony when it has to do with having your identity and understanding that you're loved. Because when she was born, okay, she didn't even know who her parents were. Okay, The, the mom left the hospital and for the first few days of her, she didn't even have a name they would just call her baby because there was nobody to name her. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, when I was hearing that testimony, because I actually connected to hear what she was saying, I was like, babe, that lady needs to be here in person next year because I, I want to hear the whole story. I don't even want just kind of hear it on a screen, you know. When you've gone through some stuff in this life, it will feel that you are not created to be loved. But I want to tell you, the Bible says God is love. God is love, and because he is love, he needed to look for somebody where he could pour his love into, and he created you, and he created me. You're created to be loved by God. What does it mean that you are loved? It means, listen to what I'm going to say, important, that you're going to be safe. We all look for safety. There's safety in God's love. There's safety in God's love. You're going to be okay. The Bible says that when man sinned, and we're going to look at that a little bit next week, he was afraid because he was naked. He had a fear that came into his heart. And with fear comes insecurity. With fear comes the sense that I'm not going to be okay. But the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love cast out all fear. Actually, Jeremiah 31:3 says, "The Lord appeared to him from afar away and said, I have loved you with an everlasting love, Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. You know what that is? You and I are never going to understand that, because God is an eternal being, and He says, I have loved you from eternity." I've loved my wife since before we got married, all right? A few years before we started talking, God put love in my heart for her. So I've loved her, but there's a beginning to that love. My kids, when they were born, all the parents that are here, you loved your kids the moment you saw them. There was like great love that was placed. But before they existed, you didn't know them, so you didn't love them. But God has loved you from eternity. No beginning. He's already loved you. You're already in his mind. You're already in his thoughts. Heidi Baker says, we were created for intimacy. We were created to live in a relationship of love with God. You're created for intimacy with God. Isn't that powerful? So if you're not walking in an intimate relationship with God, it might be that you don't feel loved by him. And these words that I'm speaking to you today, I hope they bring freedom to you. You are loved by God. In true love, there's security, there's affirmation. When you know that you are loved, you're free to have intimacy. And true love casts out that orphan spirit that says, I'm not loved. I'm not important. Nobody's thinking of me. Oh, true love will cast out that orphan spirit. First John 3.1 says, see? How very much our father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. You're a child of God. Who are you? I'm loved by God. I'm a child of God. Who are you? I'm not a pastor. I'm not Christian. What's your name? Christian, that's my name. That's not who I am. Who am I? I'm a son of God, loved by God. You know, you ask people who they are, they'll tell you the title, I'm a doctor, I'm this, I'm that. No, that's what they do. Who are you? And when they ask you, who are you, what are you going to say? I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter of God. I am loved by God. That's who you are. That's what the Father says that you are. The second truth, all right, the second truth is that you are accepted. I am accepted. I am accepted. This means, pay attention, you belong Because you are accepted, you belong. You belong. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. What did he do? He chose you. Before the foundation of the world. Isn't that crazy? When I was growing up, I was so bad at basketball. When I was a little kid, I was horrible, man. The ball would hit my hands and it would just go out of bounds. It's like I had like brick hands, you know? I was like in 5th, 6th, 7th grade, and I wanted to get picked, you know, because I wanted to play with the rest of the guys. Guess what happened? I would always usually get left out. The people that got left out that didn't play basketball, then would have to go play burn ball, you know. If you've ever played burn ball and you drop the ball, you know that ball's coming to your back and it's going to burn you. That's what is called burn ball. So most of the times I would end up playing burn ball because I wouldn't get picked because I wasn't good enough to play basketball. What that created in me was this desire to, get so good that they would have to pick me because I would be one of the best guys on the team. So I would work so hard in the summer. I would go every day since I would wake up, I'd get on a bike, go to the park to get good at basketball. You know what happened from my eighth grade to my ninth grade year? All of a sudden, we were playing outside. I didn't get picked. And you know what I started telling the guys? Hey, let's play a one-on-one. And all of a sudden, I started beating in a one-on-one all the guys that would get picked. I'm like, hey, let's pick him. And you know what happened? All of a sudden, I became like the third best player in the whole team. But it was the desire to belong, to be part of something. Have you ever wanted to be part of something that you haven't gotten chosen for? Maybe it was a play at school. Maybe it was to be part of a team. You see, you hear about Michael Jordan's story, how great he is. He got cut from his team when he was in ninth grade because he didn't make it. You imagine that? And then you know who Michael Jordan became. Because there's a desire for us to belong. Well, the Bible says that God chose you. You belong to him and you belong to his family. That's why I love the church, guys. I love the church because I'm part of something that is so much greater than me. I don't come to church. I am the church. You are the church. We don't come to church. We are the church. And we together, we take care of each other. For example, I was telling you right now about Manny a second ago. This is the moment for him to know, hey, I belong to a family. Because even though I'm going through this heartache, man, I am not alone. Look at all these people that are coming around me right now. Because I belong. Why? Because you've been accepted by God. Come on. And then that scripture just continues. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him, uh, before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. It gave him good pleasure to choose you. (laughs) To the praise and glory of His grace by which He has made us, listen to this, accepted in the beloved. You are accepted. You are accepted the way that you are. You don't try to, you don't need to try to be who you're not. Love the way that you are because you are accepted just like that. Now, there's some things that God is going to change in you when you come to Him. But I see so many people today struggle with their identity, and it breaks my heart. You know, young people that try to be like that person, or try to be like that other person, or do their hair this way, or look this way, because I don't look good enough, or I don't speak good enough, or I don't do that. And they don't understand that they're accepted by God, and once they're accepted by God, who cares what anybody else thinks? I don't care what nobody else thinks. You know, I come here, man, I'm myself. I don't try to be T.D. Jakes. I don't try to be Rod Parsley. I don't try to be none of those guys. I love all those guys. I love Chris Hodges and, you know, Robert Morris, all those guys. I'm myself. There's only one me. Be yourself. There's only one you. And be happy with that. Know that God rejoices in the way that he made you. You're accepted and you belong to the family of God. Come on, somebody. The spirit of, that orphan spirit tries to isolate you. You see so many people that isolate themselves today. You know, we were talking the other day about someone that just is always off by themselves. And always off on their phone and they don't feel they fit in and all that. That, that orphan spirit will try to isolate you. And say, you're not part, you don't belong. and 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 there when you're isolated, all these thoughts start to come in. All these lies of the enemy start to come in. All these things about your identity, they'll start to come in. But there's a heavenly father that says, there's a place for you. Come and sit at the table. There's a place for you and my family. I love the story in the Bible about David and one of Jonathan's son called Mephibosheth, which was lame he was dropped when he was a kid. He couldn't walk, but he was supposed to be a prince. He was actually supposed to be the king. And David, when he's in his reign, he goes, is there anybody left from Jonathan's family that I could show some good to? Because I made this covenant with Jonathan. I love Jonathan. And They tell him, oh, yeah, there's the son of Jonathan. He lives out there in the desert in a place called Lodibar. Lodibar, actually, if you look into that name, it's composed of two words. It means forgotten land. He lives in the land of the forgotten. Nobody even knows where he is. And David says, hey, we're bringing him here. And he calls the guy. The guy comes in front of him. The guy thinks that David's going to kill him because since he's supposed to be a prince and David's the king, he's like, oh, you're going to take care of this guy real quick. And David goes, are you Mephibosheth? And he goes, yeah. He goes, you know that there's a covenant between your father and I? that we're going to take care of each other's generation, from now on, from this moment on, you will sit on my table and eat as one of my sons, and never again will you be living in that place. You're going to live in my palace forever. And that's what God does to you and what God does to me. He tells you there's a place that's reserved with your name. There's a place that by my side where you're supposed to be and nobody else is going to take that place but you, because you belong and you are accepted. That's the God that I serve. That's the God that I love. That's the God that heals us. The third truth, and we're going to run through this one, I am valued. I am valued, which means you have significance because you have value. He has significance. Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You've heard me say it on this platform and I'm going to say it again. Christ did not die to give you value. Christ died on the cross because you had value for God. If you didn't have value for God, Christ would have never died for you. He would have never died for me. But because you had value for him, guys. Because you were important for him. And that, what, is, what does that give you? That gives you significance. You know what? You're so valued that he handcrafted you. He took time handcrafting you. You see, you look at cars, for example. You look at Rolls Royce. You know that each Rolls Royce is handcrafted? It's not like a Toyota. A Toyota, there's a machine line. We're going to make all these cars. You know, Ford, he's going to make a bunch of them. It's thousands by day. No, no, no. Rolls Royce, every piece is handcrafted. My son and I were looking at a video the other day of the most expensive car. It's called something uh, like a Corniseg, something like that. They only make two of them per year. Two cars per year. Because every part, is put on, listen to what I'm going to say, six guys that work on putting that card together. You imagine? Handcrafted. You were handcrafted by God. This is not in, in the notes behind me, all right, but you can write this down, all right? And it's one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 139, just verse 14. It says, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. Why do you hate yourself if you were fearfully and wonderfully made by God? God took time to make you, listen to this, and then he broke the mold. There's something that I heard online the other day that really blessed me. It said, it took God seven days to make the world. It took him nine months to make you. Oh, how about that? Woo, how about that one? And then you come and you let this orphan spirit just lie to you? Come on. Got to walk with your head up, man. You're a champion. You've been chosen. You're accepted. You're valued. And I want to say that your value doesn't come from what you do. Your value comes from who you are. That's important that you understand that. Because there's a lot of us doers. You know, I'm I'm like that too. And if I do something, I get a good pat in the back, then I feel good. But what happens if I don't get a pat in the back? Then it's like, oh man, I didn't do good and this and that. No, 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 no. You're valued because of who you are. You're a son. You're a daughter of the king. And whatever you do is good. Oh, we could always improve because we're broken. But you know what? There's value in what you do. And the fourth truth, worship team, you guys could come up here. I am purposeful. I am purposeful. What does that mean, that you have a purpose? You're useful. Who does God say that you are? You are purposeful. Oh, man, there's a purpose for your life. You're not here by coincidence, guys. You're not here to fill up a space in time and say, well, you know, I lived, you know, from 1977, that's when I was born, then that little little dash, and then whatever date that I'm going to die in. And that little dash, our whole life is contained. What did he do during that little dash? That little dash doesn't say he was a son, he was a husband, he was a father, he was a pastor. It doesn't say none of that. But in that little dash, your whole life is contained. And a lot of people that I know only exist, but they don't live. What does that mean, Pastor? That you just live day by day. You just breathe in air. And you walk, and you go to sleep, and you wake up, and you go to work, and you make money, and you pay your rent. And you drive your car to work to pay your rent. And then you're waiting for the weekend to get here so you can have a little bit of fun. And then Monday comes around and then you go to work. And your life is without a purpose. You see, before I knew the Lord, I would live for the weekend. It would be Monday and I I couldn't wait for Friday to come around. But you know what happened? That the weekend was so short that Monday would come around so quick. I was like, man, this sucks. And I didn't know that every day had his own purpose and that God wanted to do something every day so Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 if you guys could go with me there it says for we are God's masterpiece oh I love that you're God's masterpiece masterpiece you're god's masterpiece and he created us anew in christ jesus so we could do the good things he planned for us long ago you see there's good things that were planned for you and i to walk in long ago before you and i even walked on this earth god already had a purpose for you Actually, your purpose determines your existence. You exist because there's a purpose for you. Because if there was no purpose, then you didn't need to exist. So if you're living day to day without a purpose, you know what you need to do? You owe it to God and you owe it to yourself to figure out what your purpose in life is. Because I would hate to live 80 or 90 years of my life just hovering around and then one day just dying and nothing happened. Oh man, I would hate to live like that. Oh, he worked, he was loved at work. Oh yeah, he did this. No, 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 purpose. So that's why I come up here every week. And I bother you guys and I talk to you guys about growth track. And I say, Church, go do your growth track. By the way, as we said you took my announcement from me, but praise God. Today's step four you could join the dream team, which means that you could put your gifts to the purpose of the body of Christ to bless other people. Listen, if you've been in this church for the last five years, you've heard me speak about growth track. Uh, I'm almost gonna do the math, all right. How many weekends, fifty two weekends times five? I don't even know. <laughs> a lot of times, you need to do your crawl track. Why? Because I want you to figure out where your purpose is. I'm gonna say it like this. I'm a little bit off. this is uh, how do you call it?' I'm just going off off the record. You don't even need to join the dream team if you're not ready for it. If you're not ready for the dream team, man, join a small group. But do the growth track. I want you to know, hey, this is my passion. This is what it's in here. This is what I need to start doing. Because already when you figure it out, at least you're not in oblivion. And it's like, oh, what am I here to do? You know what I'm saying? I'm being honest with you guys. As your pastor, that's a tool to help you. So today's step four. You can start it. Pastor, I'm going to wait to step one. That's fine. That's coming up. But you could go to four today. All right? Because God has a purpose for your life. All right? And I want to close today's message by saying thank God that he intervenes in our life. Thanks, God, that he didn't leave me to wonder if I was loved, if I was accepted, if there was value to me, if I had a purpose. Thank God he didn't leave us. Thank God that you're here listening to this message today. Because you're not left up in the air. Oh, you know that there's a heavenly father that is crying out for you as his child. So the four truths that will set you free, I'm going to repeat them. You are loved which means you will be safe. You are accepted, which means you belong. You are valued, which means you have significance. And you are purposeful, which means you are useful in the kingdom of God. That is what he says about you. I want you to close your eyes real quick right there where you're at. and with your eyes closed and head bowed I didn't even know if I was going to be able to preach today I was feeling so bad yesterday I had a fever coughing As Sandra had to come and give me a cough drop in the prayer in the morning because I couldn't even speak and I told the Lord Lord if you want me up there you're going to do something you're going to touch me but I need to communicate this to your people tomorrow And today I'm just God's messenger to come up here and let you know that there's a heavenly father that says that you are so worthwhile. There's so many things going for you. Don't look at what you don't have. Look at everything that you have going for you. Look at how loved, how valued you are by him. And let his healing touch come upon you. And I'm not talking about physical healing now. If there's wounds inside of you, words that were spoken over you, that went contrary to what you've heard here today, let these words of the Father bring healing to your soul. Let healing come upon you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. every battle you won. I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I am seated in the heavenly place undefeated. I want to pray over you right now. And then after that, I'm going to make an invitation for all those that today might want to invite Christ into their heart. But first, I want to pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you so much, my God. Because I believe, Lord, that you're doing a profound work, Father God, in each of our hearts. You accept us as we are, but you don't leave us. As we come to you, because a lot of times we come believing all these lies. And Lord, you want to set us free from all that. And today in Jesus name, I ask my God that where your spirit is, there is freedom. And your spirit is living and moving right now inside the people that are in this place. So Holy Spirit, I ask that your freedom will manifest in their lives. And Father, that as they know these truths, my God, that truth will set them free and break down every lie that has been planted in their minds, that they're not good enough, that they're not loved, that they will never amount to anything. We come against all that in Jesus' name right now. And we ask your goodness to rest upon your children. We ask, Father God, that you would penetrate even the hardest heart in this place or that is watching through that camera with your love my god there's no boundaries god to your love lord touch them right now touch them right now and bring eternal change to their lives so that they can walk in the true freedom that you have for the sons and daughters of god Now, right there where you're at, if somebody in this room or watching through that camera has never invited Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior, that's the starting point. That's the starting point. You need to come to Jesus. Why do you need to come to Jesus? Because when you come to Jesus is that you become a son or daughter of God. All your sins are forgiven and you enter this love relationship with God. So if you've never invited Jesus Christ into your heart, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want to encourage you that you would make that decision. Today is going to be the most important decision that you'll make in your life, and you'll never repent from making that decision. I can tell you that. So if today you're here and you say, Pastor, how do I do that? I just want you to make this prayer with me. and inviting Jesus into your heart. You say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you. As my Lord and my Savior, I thank you for paying for my sins when you died on that cross. And I thank you for resurrecting to give me the gift of eternal life. Jesus, today take me by the hand into the arms of my heavenly Father. Fill every void, Father, that is in my heart. And that I may see myself through your eyes from this moment on fill me with your Holy Spirit and allow me to live for the purpose that you have with my life in Jesus mighty name we pray and we all say amen and amen let's put our hands together for the Lord this morning thanks again for listening If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.